Speaking of scheduling and conference, we'll have Jeff Scott on that in a little bit. But out of conference, and this news I knew was going to be coming out because, you know, sometimes bopping around the football lobby there and recording the football radio show with Jeff Scott, you hear some things. And I knew this was coming out on Tuesday, and that is the official announcement that USF will renew its rivalry with UConn. Now, in order to make this happen, some games had to be moved past basically the current window of, well, filled up non-conference schedule. BYU is the team that ended up doing that. The idea for the team is to have, you know, your four non-conference games. You want to have one basically top 10 opponent if you can. That's why the Gators this year and, you know, Alabama on the schedule. One, for lack of a better term, pretty sure win. And the other two, attempt for Power 5 schools, and it's kind of how it's mapped out. But UConn will be hosting the Bulls in October of 2023, so in a couple of seasons, and then Raymond James Stadium. You have to wait until 2028. So essentially, BYU moved out of the current lineup to 2026, and the Bulls have added UConn in two years from now, but also in 2028. So BYU was supposed to be in 2023. They moved that one to 2026, meaning the next time those teams play will be in Tampa next year, September the 3rd, where their other non-conference opponents in order will be BYU in the opener, then Howard, coached by none other than former Bull Larry Scott. That will be September the 10th. Then next year, the Bulls go to Gainesville on September the 17th, and then to Louisville on September the 24th. Now the following season's non-conference schedule becomes at Western Kentucky, home to FAMU, home to Alabama, and then at UConn. UConn, if you're curious, has gotten back on the winning track this year with one W. It's a wild one against Yale, but certainly they've been struggling since they moved out of the American Athletic Conference. And again, we'll have more on the football side of things and some other sports with Around the American towards the end of the hour. Now, if you were listening to the press conference, which we hyped up for you, uh, unfortunately, we had audio issues. At first, I was very petrified that they were my own doing, but that wasn't the case. I have an audio cord, which actually has been a little wonky at times when anybody kicks it, which, to get a little technical, an audio cord technically is called an XLR cord because the two endings are called XLR hookups, and basically you plug in a microphone to one end, and then you plug the other end into your unit that you're transmitting. And so, if someone kicks my microphone, like happens probably once every other volleyball match, you hear the crowd noise go away. Well, no one's kicking my microphone cord because there's no actual microphone at these press conferences. It's plugged into a, a sturdier unit. But still, when this happened, I thought it was my fault. This group has continued to work behind the scenes and continue to push forward each and every day. Uh, despite the results that we all want, I just really believe that there's going to be some, some, uh, some good things. Obviously, panic, and I started scrambling around. Glad you guys didn't have to witness this jiggling the microphone cord and uh, that was all wasted because it had nothing to do with me it was another cord the actual cord that was plugged into Jeff Scott's microphone that's why the entire press conference you had moments where it would come in and out uh, in the finish of this season and, uh, and one of those opportunities uh, will be um, right there in front of us but mostly it was just like that, and it was not good. I just decided to keep it going on the air. But the actual recording was what you heard on the air, which was just not good audio. So fortunately, there were some moments where the microphone was actually working, 
And it was during a pretty interesting part of the press conference, which, by the way, went more than a half hour. You had a couple of extra intrepid reporters who, frankly, just needed to get questions in because they weren't really that relevant questions. But listen, this is the most relevant part, and it happens to do with the schedule that's remaining for the Bulls. Houston, Cincinnati, then at Tulane, and then UCF. Tough to try and grab a couple of wins, but... Jeff Scott looks at it this way. The schools that are leaving to go to the Big 12 are, are on our schedule here in the last four games. And then the, the next two teams we play at home are, are obviously uh, the, the, the top two teams in our league right now. So, you know, many people may look at that and, uh, you know, see a lot of challenges and adversity. Uh, but I choose to see it as opportunity. I think that, that was the big message for us on Sunday when we came back because, listen, uh, everybody's got to take ownership in this. Uh, I feel like we, we went from a year ago where we probably didn't belong on the field with them, we didn't belong on the field with Tulsa, to now a year later, like we belong. But it's not enough just to belong. Now it comes down to playing well. I mean, our, our guys, are, they're, they're believing and they're, they're playing hard. and We're just not playing well enough, and that starts with us as coaches. Uh, we got to do a, a better job with them, get them to uh, be able to execute in some of those situations. And then, you know, they got to be able to go out and, and execute for four quarters. And that's ultimately kind of where we are now uh, at this part of the season. Uh, Sunday, I put up uh, our remaining four games, right? Number 19, Houston, number two, Cincinnati, at Tulane, and at, at Central Florida. And, you know, my challenge to the guys is what do you see when you see this schedule? Right. What do you see? People on the outside, they may see a lot more of the same, a lot more struggle, a lot more. But what do you see? Me personally, I see opportunity. I see opportunity for this team to be able to go get uh, some of those big wins that we've been building for. Right. And that's really where it starts. It's the mindset. And that's honestly part of part of my uh, optimism for where we are right now is being around our players every day and seeing the way that they have changed their mindset and the way that, that they show up every day, and it matters to them. I'm not sure sometimes last year if it really mattered. It matters to them. And they got they got a lot of pride, and they want to see this thing get turned around, and they want to see it turned around this year in the last four games and not just, you know, the next year. So I think for me, um, you know, it's about pointing out, being real, and pointing out, hey, here are the mistakes. This is why we lost the game but also continuing that, that positive mindset of, of what we're doing because um, that, that's really the only way to get to where we want to go. I mean, it, it's hard for me and our staff being here two years and, and looking at the, the, uh, the record. Uh, there's a lot of guys in that room that were here the year before and here the year before. I mean, you think about what those guys have been through and for them to keep showing up each and every week and, and go out and play. We've all seen teams that just kind of lay down and just kind of woe is me and transfer portal and I'm leaving. And I, I mean, we've all seen that, but in this group, they, they've responded in an uncommon way. And that's why, that's why I believe we're going to have success here in the last four games. And that's why I believe that we're going to turn the uh, page and turn the corner as a program because of, of the, the daily decisions that this group has made and continues to make. And, uh, and it's not easy. I mean, it's, it's hard, right? I mean, it's, it's hard for everybody. Um, but you know, it's, it's what, what is the other choice, right? To have the negative uh, mindset, what is that going to accomplish, right? So that, that's kind of where I'm. But, but ultimately, I would say I, I grew a lot in that. I learned a lot from Coach Sweeney. But for him to – Coach Sweeney, again, he wasn't always – I mean, he, he – and my guys will tell you in my meetings behind closed doors, we, we get after it and, and uh, we, we cover the, the mistakes and the things that need to get improved. 
uh, but overall leading with an attitude and a, and a, and a, the, the power of a positive mindset. Uh, is truly more powerful than ever. It was interesting to hear him say that he got that his positive attitude from Coach Sweeney, even though, yes, sometimes you don't see the other side. But he also said that when he started off as a coach, he was kind of glass half empty, relatively speaking, so he hasn't always been the way he is. And more of the other topics that we're talking about, of course, the big one is quarterback, and he indicated essentially that Timmy McLean will be on track to start this Saturday night against the Houston Cougars. Now we've been talking about the soccer action that's going to be Thursday with the women, Friday with the men, and then hopefully again Sunday with the women playing the championship. We do want to remind you, first of all, it is senior night for the men and the group of half dozen who will be honored, I'm actually going to be speaking to after their practice today, plan on also going to women's soccer practice because of course their game is tomorrow, so we can have some audio for you on that. And it is also my day to talk to both coordinators, and we're scheduled to speak to several members of the football team. But as far as men's soccer goes, the six who will be honored are Kazuna Takase, along with Felipe Batista and Gordon Phipps, Captain Marcus Murphy, who just essentially have so much sympathy for because this was going to be a big year for him, but he has been injured the entire way through, so we'll grab his comments on what it's been like from that direction, Enrique Galina, who's been big this year and also fighting through injury, and Richard Laval, who's one of those unsung members of the squad as well. A guy who would have been on the squad this last spring but got drafted early by the Cincinnati Club of the MLS, AO, Avion Flanagan, actually was loaned out to the USL team Tulsa. Why am I telling you this? Because that's who the Rowdies play in the playoffs on Saturday nights. You can actually see a former Bull going up against the Rowdies, and he has played in 12 games for them with six starts, so a chance that he will get the start, which will be quite interesting. On tomorrow's show, I'm going to, just as a catch-up and really to put it in perspective what the women's soccer team has done this year, going to collect all the highlights of their close, dramatic finishes, and it really is something that you step back and remember that in three games in particular, They easily could have lost in overtime. Kentucky scored two goals in the last six minutes to win. Houston scored in the last minute to force overtime, where they tied. And then East Carolina, where twice in the final five minutes they scored after being behind and ended up winning in overtime. And oh yeah, two games that went to overtime that they won in the last minute of the double overtime. So you're talking about five games in particular none of which could have been wins, three losses, where they went 4-0-1. That's why the Bulls are basically the top seed for the conference tournament, which hits its semifinal stage tomorrow. Of course, we'll preview those games for you on Around the American at the end of the hour. And also remind you, with all the games that we're broadcasting, some that were not, namely the exhibitions for softball and baseball, softball's already had three. They'll have another Friday night, so if you're planning on coming to the men's soccer game, you can slide by the softball complex first and watch them go up against UT, or if you just want to watch one or the other, there you go, that's your Friday night. And then Sunday, again, the women's soccer team hopefully will be playing in the conference finals at noon at Corbett. By the way, if the Bulls aren't in that final, if they were to lose to SMU, they're still playing at Corbett Soccer Stadium, Uh, but that'll be at noon. The baseball team will be playing St. Leo for its fall scrimmage, free and open to the public, Sunday at 5 o'clock. Of course, next Tuesday, the women's basketball season starts. The Bulls going up against UTRGV. Jose Fernandez's uh, humorous breakdown of that team, but also some more 
relevant topics like how things are going, basically what the lineup is, and his response to the recent NCAA ruling. That's all coming up next, along with my chat with the apparently going to be key member of the team in our second year, Sarah Guerrero. Stay tuned. This is Bulls Beat. 